It's time to drop the puck. Time for the nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. My name is Lindsay Brown, your host, uh, Vegas Insider for CBS Sports Radio 1140.radio.com. That's where you find all of our great Vegas Golden Knights, NHL, hockey, and just regular sports-related content. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at LindsayBrown35, and on Instagram as well, at Linds, L-I-N-D-S, Brown, B-R-O-W-N, 35. And I'm joined with Jeff Paul. Jeff, please tell us where you come from. Who brings you? Who do you write for? Where can we find you? Give me your information. So I write for HockeyBuzz.com. Boom. Buzz, buzz, And buzz. you can find me on the Twitter tweeting and doing other bird-like things. Yep. Uh, at VGK underscore buzz. Super creative name. Very creative. Now, you you have been selected with for the unfortunate task of sitting next to me in the press box for, I'm guessing, the duration of the season. So... I apologize for what I've done so far and what I'm going to do in in the future because I tend to get a little pumped up during the games. And there's a pretty big game coming up tomorrow night. It, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, opening puck drop is tomorrow night versus the, the Sharks. The Golden Knights will be hosting them here on October 2nd. And boy, oh boy, are we in store for something special, don't you think? Are we sure it's a big game? Because I was told it's not a rivalry in the We've media. We've heard that a couple times. Up. We've heard that a couple times from Coach Galan, haven't we? Well, yeah, and it's definitely not a rivalry no. when uh, everybody tries to beat each other up on the ice. On the, in the preseason game, how many penalties? Yes. I think we had northwards of 100 penalty minutes last game or right I around there. I believe it there. was right around 114, 115-ish. Yeah. None of which included Ryan Reeves, which is in itself pretty crazy but well, he's, he's a, a smart dude he's a saint he, he, is a he saint. does he doesn't get penalties no he doesn't saint reeves i think that should be i think we should name a corner at least a street saint reeves after the the always classy ryan reeves you know i saw him in the locker room today and he looked very nice and welcoming and he's just laughing and smiling mm-hmm. and i don't understand hockeyfights.com where they have all these these videos where ryan reeves is fighting people because he's so friendly and he's always just real positive in the locker room so it's kind of funny to see he's just the bad guy on the ice that, that nobody weird? wants to mess with. Isn't that weird? Uh, you actually see that in a lot of different fighters. They end up being big big teddy bears off the ice. And then oftentimes in hockey, fighting is part of the game, and the fighters know that. So sometimes if there's not bad blood, which isn't exactly on display, you know, versus the Sharks versus the Knights, it's very much bad blood. But they'll give, give each other, like, a nice fight, good job, buddy, because it's just like, yeah, I just punched you in the face repeatedly for five minutes. But, hey, we're both doing our jobs, and, and this is what the paychecks are for, right? Yeah, it's like when you're in the, the schoolyard and you and little Jimmy t- fight each other, and yep. then afterwards you're best friends. Yeah, so. I mean, it's kind of like a big brother, little brother type of thing. But Ryan Reeves, obviously super popular, will definitely be in the lineup versus the Sharks tomorrow night. But you know who will not be in the lineup tomorrow night? Jeff. Who? Who? Evander Kane. No. No. Why? Well, that's. I'm so glad you asked. This he's is such almost a like nice we're. Boy. This is almost like we're really professional. He's so nice, and he's a good boy. What did he do in that game in which there was uh like 115 penalty minutes minutes on Sunday night, the final preseason game for your Vegas Golden Knights against the Sharks? Things got a little testy, including at the end of the third, towards the end of the third period. Evander Kane and who's he jawing with? Was it England? That would be Derek England. Oh, De- Derek England, one of the obvious big time leaders and faces of the franchise. And 
Kane kind of accidentally got tackled by a ref. And by, by I mean tackled is that the ref accidentally moved towards him and then Kane being on skates hit something in the ice and then fell, but then got up and shoved the linesman back. So he physically got up, shoved the linemen, and then continued to bark at them saying some very not safe for radio names you and sure? words. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of those words usually, just not towards other people in that context. But nonetheless, it was announced this morning that Evander Kane was suspended for the first three games of the regular season, which will take him out of the lineup for that. Just happen to be those back-to-back you know, uh, games versus the Sharks that the, that the Knights start their season off with. Your thoughts on the Evander Kane suspension? My thoughts on the Evander Kane suspension. So first off, I want to start out and give a lot of credit to the number one tough guy in the Golden Knights locker room, None other than Valentin Zikov. Zikov claps for Zeke. Who went into that game not thinking that Valentin Zikov was going to cross-check it of Ander Kane over by the benches, mm-hmm. you know, mix it up with them, and then after those minor penalties are over, actually drop the gloves when Evander Kane comes after him, rightfully so. Yep. Evander was a little angry that Zikov was getting Getting feisty with him. Yep, and Zikov stepped up. Who who knew that Zikov would have been the first fighter for the Golden Knights in the preseason against, against Evander Kane? I mean, I had my money down on it. I hit the big payday, right? Well, you're just way smarter than us. That's I, how you knew. I, it's psychic. You it's must know Russian. Sense. Did you talk to him in the locker room? Um, that I can morning? neither confirm nor deny my uh, my knowledge of Russian language or Zikov himself all of those things so back to the third period exchange uh Evander Kane was rightfully kind of feisty mm-hmm. he was being jabbed at he was being picked at and Derek Anglin did it in mul- game too Derek Anglin did it multiple times getting in his head which my history with Derek Anglin is very long because Growing up a Flyers fan, I've seen a lot of Derek Anglin with the Pittsburgh Penguins mm-hmm. back when he was more of an active fighter. He mm-hmm. was he was a tough guy. He, so he's moved to the agitator stage. He's kind of the, you know, the grizzled vet mm-hmm. who will poke at you, you know, a young, fiery, testy Evander Kane. And it finally came to a head in the third period. And the linesman just so happened to be an MMA fighter who had a nice takedown. Yep. And Evander Kane gets off the ice and he's rightfully annoyed. He's irritated. Right. He's frustrated. He's angry. You know, all those emotions Mm -hmm. where Evander Kane's problem is he doesn't know how to control those feelings. And he is just seeing red. Yep. And And, he wants to get after too. Yep. And he wanted to get after Derek Englund. Mm -hmm. Just so happened the lineman, the linesman that took him down. Great takedown. Probably would have run the won the first round in an MMA fight with that Mm -hmm. one. He happened to be in the way as Kane. What I want to say, Kane was trying to swing back at Anglin again. Yep. Because Derek kind of followed him and the linesman. Mm-hmm. So Anglin knew what he was doing, kind of building building up that frustration in Evander Kane. Absolutely. Not with an eye on getting him suspended, you know. You can't predict what the other guy's going to do. No, but you'll but take Derek, it. Derek knew full well that Evander yeah. Kane cannot control his emotions. And, and it worked out in the Golden Knights' favor because say what you want about, about Evander Kane – the dude's good at hockey. He is. He's not just a pest. He is. And he's kind of similar to uh, Tom Wilson, who plays for the yes. uh, Washington Capitals Very in that sense, similar. where they are both infuriating to watch in terms of the trouble that sometimes they find themselves in and having that reputation that welcomes that sometimes, 
But at the same time, how long has Evander Kane been in this league? You have to be able to control your emotions. And it shouldn't be that easy for everybody to just be like, I'm going to poke at you, I'm going to poke at you, and I'm going to poke at you. And then to have not only a reaction, but a reaction of that magnitude in a preseason game nonetheless. That's where it irks me for Evander Kane, for Tom Wilson, for those types of players. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Evander Kane in general as a human being, but I'm going to keep that separate for now because not everybody wants to hear about my my thoughts and feelings. Well, in it's person, kind of hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, but the, I I just love the fact that he is that just combustible because now that they've seen that, now that they've confirmed that, because we the fan base and everybody who watches hockey has been sitting on those last five minutes of Game 7 of the first round when obviously that was a bad penalty call. The Sharks themselves have admitted it. We're not going to go down the road because everyone else already has 10,000 times. But these were the first couple times that the players themselves are actually getting able to face each other and kind of work out their demons on the ice because you can do it off the ice as well, but that's more of your emotional getting through it. But when you get back on the ice, put yourself back in that situation, those same emotions can arise. And I think we're going to see some of that feistiness tomorrow night, but it's just going to be a little less feisty because Evander Kane will not be in the lineup here or when they face the Sharks in the Shark Tank on Friday, is it? I believe that's right. Yes, I'm not a scheduling person. Details, Me details. I mean, the morning of, them? I'm ready for the game. Yeah, I, I just am like, what do I have to do tomorrow? Okay, A, B, C, D, and then it just, every day starts anew. I don't look more than two or three days ahead in my life. But other than the Vander Kane just kind of debacle and the feistiness that we're going to see, the the passion, the all of these emotions that are going to be running high tomorrow night, obviously because of the events that are being commemorated today as we tape this on October 1st, um, and the start of the season, what else do you expect out of the first game uh, for your Golden Knights? And not just on the ice. What do you What do you think I'm going to be like tomorrow? Well, I'm just kidding. if you know uh, past events suggest any of future, you know, behavior out of you, mm-hmm. I would assume every time a beat drops, that whoever's sitting next to you, their shoulder will hurt because you like to shake people. Well, because let's you, let's get you get a little into the music, and that's a shout out to Jake Wagner who does the music in the yes. T-Mobile arena. Jake, can we be friends, please? If you don't follow Lindsay on Twitter, you need to now because she's your biggest fan. And DJ Joe Green, who does the pregame, but I tag him on Instagram every pregame now. That's gonna be a thing for me. Yeah. So uh, on the ice, it'll be just as intense. You know, Evander Kane won't be there, so we might not get all the extracurriculars. You know, Joe Thornton's still kind of a hated guy mm-hmm. with Vegas fans because he took a nice little swipe at Tomas Nozick last year. Yep. And got a, got a little suspension on that one. Yep, plus the beard. Yep, the beard is terrible. The dirty grandpa beard. He just needs to get rid of it. Yeah, it's not it's, – it's, I get it. I understand the, the Sharks and their kind of look and their, Brent, their, like, little fraternity that they have. I get it. As a female, if I'm looking at this just from a, you know – describing what I'm seeing type thing. It's not my look. It's not It's not up my alley. But for some people, lots of people like it, and it gives them personality. But Joe Thornton's also, like, what, 75 years old at this point? I think point? he's, like, 64 and a half. Oh, my gosh. He's going to get that discount ASAP then. Yeah, he's he's saving money. That's hey, for sure. I will give him credit, though. He blew out his knee within the last couple of years, and he not only recovered, but he's playing regular minutes and producing. So Joe yeah, Thornton, he's really, like... He's really holding down the yeah. Sharks' depth, yes. which, is, which is big for them. And he doesn't really get the attention that maybe he should because you see with a lot of teams, I mean, with Vegas now, Cody Eakin 
he might not be playing day to day. Uh, he might not yep. be playing, and he's one of the best third line centers in the Absolutely. league, next Absolutely. to Joe Thornton, who's also a very good option at your three C. Absolutely, and maybe this year we might see a little bit of a resurgence for for Thornton and, and his importance for the team as Joe Pavelski, the captain of the Sharks, Huge one, one of the most underrated players. And then, and I get it; he was the one that drew the penalty. I know that he's not very well liked around here just because of where he plays. But he's a good dude, at least from my understanding. He is not. He signed with Dallas in the offseason, uh, left via free agency because they just. Uh, I don't think the Sharks could afford his price tag with all the with all the talent that they already have on roster. And Pavelski obviously had a huge year last year, as well. So tell me, not too much of a difference between both of those rosters in terms of last year or even the year before that. Project to me the kind of season you're expecting from the Sharks. Do you think that, and the, and the Knights as well, do you see them both returning to the playoffs in similar type ways? Do you expect more from one of the other? Do you expect one's bottom to fall out? Any of those types of things? Now, I don't see anything drastic happening to, happening to either team in one way or another. They'll both be back in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The way they get there is where I'm kind of predicting a little bit of a difference. Now, I just I just so happened to finish my Pacific Division power rankings. You don't say. And, Who are you waiting on to finish that article of yours? Well, the article's done, but there were some quotes from a certain CBS Sports Radio uh, personality that got added a little bit later. You messaged me for those at like 10 p.m. the night before, So, and we won't go into this why. This is not the, my fault, then. It's fine. It's fine. But, but it, it is now up on HockeyBuzz.com, I assume. Yes, it is. It is, and you can find it on what's your Twitter handle again? Just remind everyone. At VGK underscore Buzz. Excellent. B-U-Z-Z. Now, continue your thought. So, I have the Golden Knights, who finished third place in the Pacific Division last season, mm-hmm. winning the Pacific Division this season. oh I have them number one. And okay. There are two words that can describe why I have them number one. Give me one. Can you guess what they are? And they're two words. Two words. Mark andre Fleur. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't a math major. We've already Typical established this. Typical Vegas fan I girl. I know, right? No. Uh, two words. Uh, better goaltending. Uh, you were closer the first time. Damn. Two words. Mark Stone. Ah. 82 games, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood. If you're with us, John of, Gruden. Of Mark Stone mm-hmm. is a luxury, and the team is so good that he is essentially a second-line winger. How nuts is that? That is six forwards at the top of your lineup that are extremely dangerous anytime they touch the ice. I am i can't really – I mean, I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about it, and maybe I will do tonight. I can't really think another ro- of another roster in this league that is as deep as this Vegas roster seems to be. Po- like, with if, if everybody stays healthy. Yeah, do you when, share in that sentiment? When healthy, it's hard to find talent right. that matches them up front. You know, Alex Tuck, third-line right-winger. Who's week to week right now, unfortunately. Yes. And he's going to miss his third season opener. Yeah. Three straight season openers for the Golden Knights, and Alex Tuck wasn't a part of any of them. Yep. Cody the first season, first, first season, Tuck got sent down, you know, numbers game. Yep. But he got brought right back up. Yep. Um, yeah, Cody Eakins day-to-day. So their third line is a little makeshift, mm-hmm. as we've been seeing in practice. Paul Stasny was dropped down to the third line. Which I like. For his defensive abilities, yes. you know, and they have him paired with Brandon Peary, who's a streaky scorer, goal mm-hmm. scorer. He wants the puck. He wants to shoot it. Yep. 
Valentin Zikov on the other side, wants the puck, wants to shoot it, gets around the net. He's got real nice hands around the net. It's insane. Yeah, and Stasny's one of those players where he can score, but he does. he's not one of those guys that always expects and or plays like he needs to be the focal point, at least on the offensive side of his line. He's willing to go into corners and get dirty and get those passes and make those plays. And he, I think, is going to be one of the most underrated players on this roster just because of his ability to move up and down the lineup and play with different types of players and be effective and help mitigate losses that they may have suffered through injury or they're facing a certain type of team that they want to put a certain lineup around. Tons of different things, but they have, among Mark Stone as a, as a luxury, Stasny's a luxury, Pacioretty, who had, what, 10 points in four preseason games? Not that it really matters. Like, it, it seems wild to me, like, how much talent they have on this roster. It's just the big question is, staying healthy and are they going to be able to gel and really continue to have this very tight-knit brotherhood they don't have a captain I don't I we we kind of discussed at the press conference today we think that's kind of on purpose because they are all such good leaders that they don't want to single anybody out there's just a lot to be excited about around this Golden Knights squad I think the unique thing about the Golden Knights isn't just necessarily the talent that they have Mm -hmm. it's the kind of players they have and Mark Stone's a great example. Paul Stasny is a great example. Uh, O'Reilly Smith is a great example. Absolutely. Um, William Carlson, even, you know, mm-hmm. this William Carlson, the Vegas William Carlson, who ended up getting an opportunity because somebody else didn't work out. We won't mention his name, mm-hmm. but he may be from Russia. He did not work out very well. Vegas fans know who I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yes. He didn't work out, so all of a sudden we have William Carlson, first-line center, and he shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. But they have so many players who are facilitators. They're guys that can play with a number of people and fill in the gaps. So Mark Stone, he could be a sniper. He can be a playmaker. He can be a four-checker. So he can be a back-checker, which he, is an oh, extreme premium. That goes without saying. Yes. He's a, He's a hell selkie of a defensive, finalist absolutely. for a reason. Yep. But guys like that, they don't have to be the scorer. They don't have to be the playmaker. They don't have to be a certain kind of guy to fill a role on a line. He plays with Paul Stasny primarily. He plays with Paul Stasny, Max Pacioretty. Paul Stasny is a two-way center who's an elite passer. Mm-hmm. Great uh, vision, too. Max Pacioretty, sniper. Yep. He likes to score the goals. So what does Mark Stone do when he comes to Vegas? Mark Stone fills in the gaps. Mm-hmm. He plays that Riley Smith role for the th- for the second line. Yep. He gets in the corners. He wins puck battles. He gets the puck to to Pacioretty. He gets the puck to Stasny. You know, they all work well together because Mark Stone fills in the gaps and ha- takes away responsibilities takes that they have to worry about or things where they they might be able to take a little bit more of a chance and go after a puck a little bit harder. Whereas with a different right wing or a different line mate they might not be able to make that split-second decision. Maybe it's indecisive, and all of a sudden you're like, boom, uh uh-oh. And then once you hesitate, you can't go. You have to be able to make that decision and believe in it and go after it right away. The other thing I think that separates uh, Vegas from the Sharks and from a lot of the league is their goaltending. Marc-Andre Fleury, to me, as a former goaltender, as a self-proclaimed expert, I think he's looked very strong in the preseason that we've seen him. And, and in practice, this is why I've only seen one practice in which I was like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. But for the most part, Fleury looks like he is ready to go. He looks healthy. He looks fresh. And 
the way the Knights manage him going forward are going to affect how he is able to maintain that level of play going forward. But the Sharks, Martin Jones, on the other hand. Solid. Whoops, a daisies the other night. Am I He's right? as solid as it gets. They pulled him after two in uh, in the final preseason game on Sunday, which I think you tried to convince me, oh, they maybe maybe they had this planned. That's they called, did not have this planned. That's called devil's advocate. Yeah, I, I, and, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the devil's advocacy. I feel bad for Martin Jones. He's I do not know. a horrible goaltender. No. I mean, in a vacuum, you look at him compared to his competitors. Marc-Andre Fleury, better than Martin Jones. Yep. But he came from obviously. the he he came from the anointed line of the L.A. Kings goaltending pipeline, which has produced obviously Jonathan. Do they have Quick. good goalie? I, that's what I've heard. Jonathan Quick, obviously my favorite current goalie of all time. How can you not like him? I know, I know, right? So good. Jack Campbell, who's backing up right now, so incredibly good, good goalie, <laughs> incredibly then, good. Then let's go to the AHL where right. they've got Peterson down there just waiting for his Chill shot. It. He had a shot last year and he played great when they were both injured. Right, and Jones was obviously they traded him to Boston. They being the Kings, and then Boston went around and just flipped him right back to San Jose, I think all within the same day and within a couple hours. Um, But obviously they made that run to the Cup Final, which I believe they lost was to the Penguins, their first championship this uh, this decade, or am I incorrect in that assumption? I'm trying to remember who they If the Penguins were in a final, I I probably blanked it out of my mind. Just push it it right out of there. I'll double check. But... Do you see a problem? Because their backup, Aaron Dell, I feel is very capable. He went in and played and then went out and just absolutely stone-cold shoulder-checked Mark, Mark Stone to the ice in that, in that game on Check Sunday. Check of the game. Do you think that, goal, that goalie situation in San Jose is going to be a point of worry for fans of the Sharks that we don't care about? <laughs> so, referencing back to my power rankings, shameless plug, um, I have the Sharks – Finishing in fourth place, just outside the play playoff bubble. You They'll say. be in the playoffs as a wild, wild card, card, safe safe wild card. But what if the what if there's the, competition? The Central's pretty good too. There's no, there's competition for sure. But I just believe in the Sharks' talent. You know, even losing Pavelski, losing uh, Gustav Nyquist, that's a big loss. Big loss. They lost two top sixers. I mean, you can't yep. ignore that. And they didn't really fill in the gaps with outsiders. Mm-hmm. They pushed Kevin LeBanc up to the top line, as we saw on uh, Sunday night. And Kevin LeBanc is probably the nicest guy in the NHL just because he signed a $1, min- a $1 million deal as an RFA this offseason just to stay with the Sharks, just to help the team out because they didn't have a lot of money. So LeBanc is playing first-line minutes this year on a $1 million contract. That's going to be an issue. And we know how many RFAs were holding out this year, you know, looking for their money, looking for their payday. He very well could have been one of them. Absolutely. And I think that's going to be a big time story going forward next next year. And obviously the lockout or not the lockout, the the CBA agreement. They I believe they both basically said we're good for now. But let's just push it. That can be changed. And obviously the, the NHL is no stranger to work stoppages. They're actually the worst out of the major four sports in terms of what I are Come we shocked, on. Gare? Gare Bear? I know no. it's not all Gare Bear, but um, yeah. Batman for president. Yeah, I, I think I think the Sharks are one of those teams that you could see take a step back this year. Obviously, hockey hockey is weird. Seasons, they, nobody expected the Knights to have the first season that they did. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected them to come back the next season and to continue that success. A lot of people are like a Cinderella, one one and done. But clearly, with the roster that the Knights have, that they are not approaching it like this. They have the talent. They have the 
um, binding brotherhood, like we discussed before, of all of this. It just feels like this family, and that's what you need in successful teams, and that's what you really need in hockey. You need guys that are willing to go out and be like, I'm going to go block a shot with my face just so we can get this this opportunity to be wiped off the board defensively or to give us a better opportunity to go score down at the other end. Who else in your rankings, and obviously people can read them, but what what's another team that you think that may have been more of a bottom dweller in the last few years that could be on the rise this season? Well, before I get to them, I just want to reiterate what you said and the things that worry me about the Thank Sharks. You. The Sharks worry me because they didn't fill in that depth. Mm-hmm. They lost Donskoy to the Avalanche, mm-hmm. and Kevin LeBanc moved up the lineup, but what they're replacing it with isn't all that impressive. Right. So they're pretty much a top-heavy team now with a defense that's pretty solid, but they did lose Justin Braun. Justin Braun's in Philly now. Thank you. Uh, he's a good defensive player. Don't listen to the advanced stats. He gets his stick on a lot of You're pucks. You're not going to find any advanced stats. Yeah, well, holy cow! That's anytime what we I support here. Justin Braun, people tell me he's terrible because they read natural stat trick and it doesn't make him look good. But mm-hmm. he's just one of those guys who gets his stick on the puck, breaks up a lot of plays. So I feel like they're going to feel that absence in San Jose and that shaky goaltending. One night, Martin Jones is a Hall of Fame looking goalie. Yep. Next night, he looks like me. Yep. So psychologically that's he, not, he can be gotten to and and if you get on him early that's what, what when the it rains hit. it pours and that's the thing and and with goalies when you recognize that when teams are able to identify that Pepper. within your game until you have some sort of revelation or game in which you have to you are what you are until you show us otherwise and so I have no faith in Martin Jones this year especially after what we watched the other night not all those goals were his fault but I just don't know psychologically if he is in a headspace or or has done the necessary legwork to really take that element of his game to the next level and or if he's looking over his shoulder at Aaron Dell also that who comes in and mop-up duty a lot and which is it's got to be so tough for goalies coming in cold after two periods. Oh, it's awful. Awful. So Aaron Dell comes in and he makes humongous saves. Mm-hmm. And I have always wondered, you know, could Aaron Dell be the guy if they gave him that chance? You'd like to think that the team knows what they have and that's why they start Martin Jones. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Dell looks pretty good every time I see him. He's mm-hmm. a heck of a body checker. Yep. And uh, I just wonder if he could be that guy as opposed to Martin Jones. And the the shaky goaltending is really going to come back to bite him. That's why I have them missing out on one of those top three spots. Right. Uh, staying with the goaltending theme, which I'm sure you're okay with. I'm 100% okay. I'm going to bring up a goalie who you really love, Jonathan Quick, oh. and his Los Angeles Kings, who it was hard for me to place them in my rankings. And You're a I weird went, team this year, aren't they? I went the safe route, and I kept them towards the bottom. I put them in seventh. You coward. And I second-guessed it 8,423 times. That's it. Yeah, I counted. Only those. And I don't think you should, that you're alone in that sentiment just because of how bad they were last year, but obviously there has been an erosion away from that championship culture that had been built up when they won two out of three Stanley Cups towards the beginning half of this decade. And – Obviously, they still have Drew Doughty. They still have Dustin Brown. They still have they Anze have Ilya Kopitar. Anze Kopitar. They have Ilya Kovalchuk. Jeffrey still, Carter, unfortunately. And then obviously they have one of the 
biggest and and best game stealers in the game in Jonathan Quick. And we've seen we they faced the Kings three times, they being the Golden Knights, I think three times in uh, preseason. We were able to see Jonathan Quick twice live here in Las Vegas, and he is looking damn good. And and the thing about Jonathan Quick that has always been about him is that he needs to stay healthy because he does get hurt a lot because he's an athletic goaltender, spends a lot of his time reaching, going around, really putting a ton of stress on his joints, especially in his knees. If you ever watch him play around the post, especially when he's down in his butterfly and stuff, you can just see um, how much abuse that he takes. He's working. And then the other thing is, too, is that he is a brick wall, but if there's a goal that's kind of fluky that goes in on him, it's you got to pounce on him early. And that's what, yeah, they, that's what the like Knights it, have done in the preseason thus far. Just he bang, looks bang. like he irritates himself when yes. something gets in and, yes. and he wants to have it. He looks like he gets mm-hmm. irritated. He's just... He's a gamer. He's a, he's a competitor, and Absolutely. you can see it in him. And that's why I have them. I have them down, but that's why I second guess myself so much is because they have one of the best goaltending tandems that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, their backup Jack Campbell very good at very the hockey. capable, very, very good capable. at the hockey. And if Jonathan Quick stays healthy and he looks healthy and he looks sharp, and they manage they, him correctly, if they get him. And they give Campbell more play because they saw how good he was in relief of Quick when Quick went down with an injury last season. Right. The Kings can make some noise. Those right. goalies can steal them some games. Absolutely. And they have that they have that top heavy, that that elite level athlete in Kopitar, in Jeff Carter, in Dustin Brown, who was the captain, the former captain. I mean, they have players that can put pucks in net. Yeah. They have goalies that can keep pucks out of nets. Right. So that's a formula you want. Absolutely. But they just have to be healthy, they have to be consistent, and they have to show up night to night. Yeah. I think think what they needed to do is that they needed to feel like what it is to be hungry again. And I think that has been established now that they've – gone through they they fired Daryl Sutter not last season but the season before and then mm-hmm. they fired the other coach and then they brought the other what, coach the, I don't remember also known as John Stevens yep and my then least favorite Flyers they brought coach of in all time D, D, I don't even I, Desjardins. Call, I always I always go Desjardins that's how Desjardins. I say that's how I say it to my dad hi dad you need um, a good Flyer fan around to pronounce Desjardins he was one De, of our best defensemen Desjardins <laughs> um but now things are kind of they have Todd McClellan as a coach mm-hmm uh, he's Fresh once out of again Edmonton. making his lap around the Pacific Division. Why? Because he just came from Edmonton, and before that, he was with the Sharks. And mm-hmm. I think that they're that the Kings are definitely one of those potentially sleeper picks. But I think there are a lot of things that have to go right, just because most of their their high end talent, most of their dollars that are tying up their salary cap, they're not spring chickens, my mm-hmm. friend. And no offense, I'm not going to really believe in a Dustin Brown resurgence until until at least December, where I see all star break, right? And and because he does look good right now, he does look good, and he is absolutely capable of going on streaks in which he is he scores in bunches. He's done that in the playoffs a ton that year in which they won the first cup in 2012. Uh, Jonathan Quick won the Conn Smythe. Dustin Brown was definitely in the conversation. Dustin Brown is just one of those energy guys, great with high last level name talent. Too. Well, it's okay. I mean, it's it's a pretty cool. Is he your cousin? Thing. No, unfortunately not. You should just tell him he is, and maybe you'll get. He, a little, he probably would believe me. I bet you. I have to have some Canadian. You know, he's American, so actually, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe we are related. You don't know that. Yeah, but they they do have some variables, which is why I went the safe route and kept them there. But one team that I bumped up, and the reason the Sharks are in fourth mm-hmm. is because I have the Arizona Phil Kessels. 
taking that third spot. Interesting. I share your sentiment in some at least elevated positivity towards the Arizona Coyotes, which has not been said for a long time with that franchise. The Coyotes have always been fun to watch. Yes. Even if they're not winning games. No. They have been fun to watch. They're fast. They, they're they very fast. They're opportunistic. Their forwards, their forward core is changing a little bit this season. You know, Phil Kessel's a big get. Big time Especially get. for Arizona. And he's pumped too, especially since he's not in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, and he's not in Pittsburgh either. Which that is, too. Which has got to be awesome because he's the man now. Well, Phil, Phil's the man. Phil's he, the man. He is the guy in Arizona. Clayton Keller's there, fresh off a oh, huge him. contract. Casually extension. Him. They have OEL, Oliver Ekman yeah, Larson. Ollie's a good player. A Jacob very... Chikrin's a good player on the blue line. Uh, they lost Nick Cousins, which isn't a name a lot of people know. But I've seen a lot of Nick Cousins. Well, Kirk He's Cousins has been awful, just well, so everyone yeah. knows. His cousin. The that's, Cousins' cousins. That's part of the reason I brought up the Cousins' name. Mm, you're just trying to derail me, aren't you? you happen to be a Viking fan. Who? But Nick Cousins is an energy guy mm-hmm. who has a little skill to him. He's an energy guy who I feel like they will miss that energy uh, without him this season. But they picked up Phil Castle, who will put a lot of pucks in the net. He will help that atrocious power play. Last year, their power play, I believe, ran about 17%. But their penalty kill is top of the league. I think they had like 13 Their penalty kill is very good. Yeah, that was with uh, Martin Grabner. He, yep. likes the, uh, yep. he likes to score the shorties. Um, but Phil Kessel will bring that team some prestige. He'll give, him that confi- he'll give the team that confidence of, Having an elite option, having a guy who's won games, having a guy that's been there. That has two cups to his resume. Yes. He's he's not a young guy. He'll bring that veteran presence while not being a drag on the team. He can still play. In theory. In theory with Phil Kessel. You're from the Philadelphia area. Obviously, uh-huh. you're very familiar with watching Pittsburgh win, win cups while you guys miss the playoffs consistently and have terrible jerseys. But, rude. Rude. I'm sorry. Um, Phil Kessel... Uh, We are very familiar with Phil Kessel. We, in Minnesota, that's where I'm from. Not only because he was rumored to be coming to the Wild in the offseason, but he played for the University of Minnesota for one or or two shining years of excellence. (laughs) But Phil doesn't exactly have the most pristine reputation around the league in terms of being the guy, being the leader, being a consistent contributor who is constantly putting the team first. He's always kind of had this reputation of being the guy who doesn't work out, eats hot dogs, and shows up. And just because he is that good, he's able to just kind of half-ass it most of the time and still generate points. And so I get nervous with everybody being like, whoa, let's go with Arizona. I think Arizona's going to be a lot better. I think they're a, they have an all-star roster from 2015 with Kessel Yalmerson, who is a defenseman who, who played for Chicago, with... Derek Stepan, who was in, uh, was with the Rangers, very good forward. They have a, one of those really good mixes where you want, you know, your older guys that have experience with the playoffs, experience deep into the playoffs, and young guys that are really looking to make their mark on the league. The only question I have is goaltending with them. I love their goaltending. Do you? I love their goaltending, and that's if Antti Ranta could stay healthy. That's a big ask. But did you see the year that Darcy Kemper had? I did see the end Insane. of the, the end of the year. The end of last season, Darcy Kemper was operating at a very high level, and unfortunately, I think he took a stick through his cat eye mask, and it took him. I think it hit him in the eye. Luckily, everything was fine. But I, I remember watching that game, and be like, "Oh no!" Because Darcy Kemper used to play for the Wild, was 
once thought to be the the next wild goalie, starting goalie, didn't work out uh, and find found himself, I think, in L.A. first, now in Arizona. Do you think that this team could sustain a season with a Darcy Kemper as a starting goalie should Ronta go down? Well, what we saw last season, Kemper really took that job and ran with it. Mm-hmm. You know, to a point where he should be running away with the starting job this season. But has but he? But it'll be a it'll be a one A one B sort of deal mm-hmm. as long as they're both healthy. But it looks like the NHL is kind of trending that way, where it's mm-hmm. a tandem league now. Absolutely, where you want two guys who can be obviously you want two goalies that can be called upon at any time. But yep. it looks like it's becoming more of a necessity as opposed to a desire. Absolutely, and I think. W- Finally, the science is catching up now that they're realizing, hey, we've taken care of the, we've figured out how to really get the most out of our forwards, out of the D, the sleep studies, the the nutritional studies. Now you're able to really micromanage the usage with people and with goalies because it's such an unknown position because so few people really understand the ins and outs of it, outs, like not just coaching it, but being a former goaltender. It's very I think specialized. It's a very specialized thing and not everybody knows how to manage them. And the biggest thing that management has completely just ignored up until these last couple of years is not just the physical uh, ramifications of consistently starting a lot of games, but the mental fatigue of it. And I'm not just saying they're professional athletes. They get paid a ton of money. I get it. But at the end of the day, the, the, the lead up to the game, even the night before, or it starts with that practice the day before, and you're just in this mindset. And, and as you move towards that game, you're focused and goalies – we have our unique quirks and some people are just show up to the rink and they're very chill and they talk to people, but most of them aren't. Most of them are very introspective, very focused on what they're trying to do and being mentally prepared. And as that season drags on and if when games are going, and especially if you're losing more than you're winning, it just sucks the life out of you. And that's why I think we're seeing in that league, just like you said, tandems are the thing because it gives the physical breaks. You're not seeing nearly as many long-term injuries, especially in the hip areas, which were a huge problem about six, seven years ago. And you're seeing guys really elevating their game in the postseason, those teams that have made those deep runs in the playoffs. You're seeing some of the goalies, like Braden Holpe, when they won the Cup here uh, versus Vegas a couple of years ago. He was basically, like, taken out for a while. They, they started that playoff run. He wasn't the starter. Yeah, Grubauer took that right. job. And and he had lost that job throughout the course of the season because they rode him far too much too early, and that's and it eroded away at his confidence, and he needed a reset. But, Sounds familiar, right? But by the end of it, boom, he was playing at a really high level, and they ended up being able to win the cup. And you've seen that consistently every season, probably the last four or five years, when Flurry was in Pittsburgh, when Matt, Matt Murray was making those starts for those two cup, those back to back cups that they had. Well, and now that Flurry is in Vegas, last year and the season before, it was a big issue with his usage, where yep. he was being relied on far too often for a guy who was drafted in 2001 and hit the ground running. Yep. He's got a lot of miles. A lot miles. of miles. And I think it seems that the Vegas Golden Knights are committed to really managing him better and having Malcolm Subban take a much bigger role in on this team outside of just going in for mop-up duty or going in for Flurry when he's injured. I'm expecting a lot from Malcolm Subban, but he needs to step up, and that's going to be a big, big storyline going throughout the entire course of the Vegas Golden Knights season. And we could keep talking about this for three hours, Jeff. We basically do that every day because we do sit yep. next to each other. But now that everybody ha- has a voice and has put it to your face, maybe, but now we can tape some of those shenanigans up in the press box, really <laughs> ruffle some feathers up there, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to watch Malcolm this year. Mm-hmm. He gets a a real bad rap with yep, a lot a, of fans. It's a love or a hate the, here. <laughs> the Twitter universe is uh it seems to be pretty split on Malcolm. Nobody's right in the middle. Yeah. They either love him or hate him. Yep. I'm just here to let you guys know Malcolm Subban is a good goaltender. Give and him a he chance. should be playing far more often than he does because if he gets more games and he stays sharp and stays fresh, he can be that goalie that they need him to be. But you can tell that Malcolm, when he has his starts spread out so far apart, right. and they come on the road, and they come against playoff teams. Or I on mean, the back-to-backs on yeah, the back half of those. Yeah. And he's coming, he's coming in and playing Calgary, gets blown up by Calgary because the whole team quit on him. What? He, yeah, oh, and Calgary doesn't score gosh, goals at all either. That game was so rough last mm-hmm. year. And Malcolm made at least five or six humongous saves in that game right. in a 7-2 to two loss. And then he gets the Bruins on the road. He gets the Blue Jackets on the road. He, right. he gets hard games. Absolutely. So I think if the team does a better job of picking his spots, playing him more often, you know, to help Mark andre stay fresh, mm-hmm. save him from himself. Mm-hmm. They can do a lot. You know, they can have that first place finish. The Coyotes, another good goalie tandem. Mm-hmm. The Flames, they got rid of Mike Smith. They brought in Cam Talbot, who could be a better backup for could be. Dave Riddick. Maybe. We'll they, see. They could be solid. Cam Cam's up and down, but Cam's a guy who has done well in different places. And he was he was getting starting minutes for the better part of the last few seasons with the Edmonton Oilers, so we can't let that hold too much precedence over our opinions of Cam Talbot. Yeah, either. but the Pacific Division seems to be made up of a lot of teams who have good goalie tandems. The mm-hmm. Kings have a good goalie tandem. The Ducks don't have a good goalie tandem, and but Gibson's they've got hurt. John Gibson, when healthy, is arguably the best goalie in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else we got? Canucks. Vancouver, they don't, they're don't. they not really there. They're they're a rebuilding team. They're going to struggle. Uh, Pedersen. Patterson, Besser, guys like that, they're going to win you some games. but And the other the other Hughes, Quinn yeah, Hughes. Yeah, Quinn Hughes from very the University of Michigan. Shameless drop there. Well, I would assume he would go fan. into Michigan considering they're from Michigan, played for NTDP, which is in Michigan. All I want to know is why why Jack couldn't go too. Well, Jack it had Come to on, see, Jack. Jack Jack wasn't down for the NCAA, you Come know, on, rules Jack. and whatnot. He decided to make the jump he right away. He wanted to be a first round uh first overall pick. I mean, come on. Yep. But before we get to I don't want to have you give away your entire article. We are going to have to wrap this up cuz we have been going for a while, but once again, please tell us where we can find you, where we can follow you, whatever else. Yeah, just make sure you go to hockeybuzz.com. You know, you'll find all my stuff there. Click on the little Golden Knights logo. You can find all of my backlog stories that have zero incorrect predictions in them, obviously. None, ever. I never had a wrong opinion. Ever. And uh, follow me on the Twitter, VGK underscore Buzz. I'm always on there far too often uh, for, you know, a healthy functioning adult. My thumbs kind of hurt at the end of the day. So I'm always on there. I like to talk to you guys, uh, talk to you, talk at you talk mm-hmm. about you sometimes so never hesitate to contact me i'm always trying to talk i love talking hockey i mean i even talked to Lindsay about it and that's not the most fun thing in the world we are forced friends i'm girl I, i'm sooner or later you'll like me i promise yeah but uh you're fitting in pretty well here you're a nice dynamic Aww. added to the you're a nice little variable thrown into the group that's you know, very nice of you to get say a, get another goalie's perspective in Thank there you. uh somebody from the midwest you know uh the Coldlands. Yes, the Coldlands, and one of two 
but one of the regular press corps females in the entire thing. It's just me and Stormy chilling. But not the best former goalie in the VGK broadcasting arena. All right. Hashtag Mike McKenna. Cool. We'll have to. I'll have to battle with McKenna at some point. Maybe not in goalie. Because Breakaway I, lines. I, I, yeah, or we'll have to do some sort of athlete challenge of some sort. But. Thank you again so much for joining us, Jeff. I appreciate you. You will be on with us in the future. I cannot wait. We are going to be very obnoxious during games. I am sure we will get in trouble in some some way. We always do. When have either of us been obnoxious? Never. Me? Never. Definitely have never been told that by my own parents. Have (laughs) never gotten that label. But once again, you're listening to the Nightcap Podcast. That can be found on cbssportsradio1140.radio.com. My name is Lindsey Brown. I'm your host and Vegas Golden Knights insider. You can follow me at LindseyBrown35 on Twitter. That's L-I-N-D-S-E. E is their correct way. Y-B-R-O-W-N-35. And on Instagram at Linz, L-I-N-D-S, Brown35. And visit the website. We're, we're, well, the podcast feed will be up very soon. But until then, you will find this podcast and all of the Golden Knights, NHL, hockey, and just regular sports-related content at cbssportsradio1140.radio.com. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Vegas. And uh, I'm pumped for the season. Bye. The Nightcap Podcast with Lindsey Brown is produced from the Las Vegas Bay studios of CBS Sports Radio 1140, a radio.com sports station.